This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. I've been fortunate enough to have the opportunity to play um, this game since I was in fourth grade, and uh, I've been with the Panthers now for eight years, and it's never the right time to step away, but now is the right time for me, and it's a tough decision. I've thought about it a lot, and I think now is, is, is the right chance for me to, to move on. Hello everyone and welcome to Meow Mix, the Carolina Panthers podcast. My name is Steven. My name is Jerry. And as you heard at the top of the show... The great one, Luke Keekley, announced his retirement last night, uh, Tuesday night, Jerry. <laughs> Tuesday night. Um, it was a really up and down day for Panthers fans yesterday, but this one hurts. Yeah, this one came, I don't want to say shocked. I, I was more surprised than shocked because once you thought about it, you kind of understood where he was coming from. After the Andrew Luck situation last year with the Colts, You know, we discussed it about Cam, but at the same time, we didn't really discuss Luke, but at the same time, it it makes sense for him, for his health, and for his future. Yeah, this and this seems like it 100% is health-related, you know, wanting to remain, you know, as healthy, I guess, as he can be for the rest of his life, which... You know, as we know, football players take a ton of beatings. Of course, Luke has famously had some pretty tough concussions. You know, the you know the one that sticks in everybody's mind is the one where he's sitting there crying down on the field, uh, couldn't control himself, just crying as hard as he could on the field. Got carted off. I mean, we all remember that one. That was terrible. And and a lot of us wondered whether he'd ever play again after that. And that yeah. was what twenty sixteen, I think. Maybe, yeah, I believe. Uh, yeah, twenty sixteen. He missed six six games, um, and I think that's the last time he missed any games. He may have missed one the next season, but he uh, he seemed like he was able to stay concussion free after that. But I think the last couple of years, uh, just based on some things that I heard, uh, you know, <laughs> over the course of today and last night, seems like he was a lot more beat up than he really let on. Yeah, and one of the big quotes I got from it was. This is what Keekley said. There's only one way to play this game since I was a little kid. Play fast, play physical, and play strong. And at this point, I don't know if I'm able to do that anymore. That's p- the part that is the most difficult. It, it It's tearing him up, it feels yeah. like, from his words. You could see it on his face in the video if you watch the face or the video. It, you feel really bad for him. Uh, one of the greatest Panthers of all time uh, up there. Pepper, Smitty, mm-hmm. Luke. I mean, those three are pretty much on the top of everybody's list. Yeah, they are the the Mount Rushmore for sure. And uh, you know, all reports say that Luke was actually in pretty good spirits last night, particularly after he you know made the video. Obviously, during the video, you could tell it was very emotional for him. But it sounds like he's at peace with this decision, mm-hmm. which is good. You know. It sucks for the Panthers. It sucks for the team, particularly the 2020 Panthers team, which 
you know, we, we thought was probably going to be going into rebuilding anyway. I think this sort of signifies that that's definitely happening. But for Luke himself, I, honestly, it's a good, this is a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, he's made t- a ton of money. He's financially set for the rest of his life, as well as his family. And he's not going to have to take that punishment anymore. And he got to go out on his own terms. I know right, it's still right. heartbreaking, and you can tell he still wants to play, but he's being able to walk away. He's being able to say, you know what? I, I don't want this to end my career as a shell of myself. I don't want to injure myself to the point of not being able to be there for my family. And all accounts, he's doing the right move for himself, and that's what's most important here. So this sort of continues a trend of, you know, mostly younger players sort of retiring at the prime of their careers before they get too injured. You know, you had Patrick Willis a few years ago, Mm -hmm. another linebacker who's considered one of the best. Uh, Andrew Luck last year that we we kind of mentioned. Calvin Johnson. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a linebacker for the Seahawks. Uh, Chris uh, Bullard from the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, he's a little bit of a second year. Yeah, he's a little bit of a different case with him because, you know, he hadn't made his – you know, sixty million dollars. Mm-hmm. So, but he just retired without even really having a career. Yeah, he uh, he was slated to be the starting middle linebacker the next year, and I guess right. he was just like, I can't handle it. Yeah. And, and there's a, a and there's a few others that have retired mm-hmm. before the age of thirty that were you know considered among the best at their positions. So this one, I feel like, you know, obviously we're closer to it, of course, being Panthers fans, and this is kind of the first time it's happened with the Panthers, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we. We've had guys played too long, you know. Maybe mm-hmm. look at at Julius Peppers. Maybe played a season too long, but I don't know. I mean, it, it, good for Luke. I'll just say good for Luke. Um, it it sort of sucks for the Panthers, like we talked about, but I'm happy for him. Yeah, I'm happy for him too. I mean, he he's the guy who always went out there, play hard, played fast, mm-hmm. played played the best of his abilities, and you always saw it on the field and. Thank you, Luke, so much for letting me as a Panther fan watch one of the greatest linebackers of all time out there for eight seasons. I, it was an honor. It was. It was. I mean, he he really changed the culture for the Panthers in terms of work ethic, studying film, you know, being a coach on the field. You know, a lot of guys, not only on the Panthers, but in the league, emulated him. And you could kind of see the reaction from a lot of the other players in the league, you know, Michael Thomas, Bobby Wagner, just really high-level players basically tweeting out their thanks to him for mm-hmm. setting that example and being sort of the you know pinnacle of NFL player in terms of the way he played and just the man that he was. Yeah. Or he is. He's not dead. Right? <laughs> yeah, we were it like... feels like it feels like a funeral almost, but <laughs> Uh, you know, he's still, he's still plenty alive. No, we should, so. this is more of a celebration of <laughs> right. his career because he is, <laughs> right. he deserves his happy ending and his retirement. Uh, eight seasons. He's went to seven pro bowls from his second year on until this should have gone to eight because he, he got snubbed that first year and he led won the league in tackles. He <laughs> went, he won defensive rookie of the year too. So it's not yeah. like he. Yeah, five time all pros, first team all pros, mm-hmm. two times second team all pros. The only mm-hmm. year he didn't get all pro was his rookie year because mm-hmm. they didn't want to give it to a rookie. Yeah. Uh, he currently 
most tackles since he's been in the league. Yeah. Defensive 12, player of the year. Defensive player of the year. Uh, 18 interceptions, 12 and a half sacks. Just a monster on that yeah. gridiron. Either leading or among the league leaders in pretty much any defensive statistic among linebackers that you can see since he came into the league. Now, when you look at his career stats, they don't really add up just due to the short nature mm-hmm. of his career, but I don't think there's any debate whether or not he's a Hall of Famer. I, I don't either. I, I think he's done. He's very well liked in the media. He's stepping away more for injuries, even though he didn't. Mm-hmm. He wasn't specific or anything. I think they'll go ahead and ignore the longevity because he was a beast all eight years. He was the pinnacle of middle linebackers all eight years. Yeah, I mean, and he's you know he's great with the media. He's just a solid person. He's gonna probably stay in, you know, in the limelight, I guess, a little bit by coaching or doing something. I don't know if he's gonna go into the media or if he's gonna be coaching. It sounds like he'd rather do some coaching. Mm-hmm. I think he'd be better at that honestly. Um, so he's going to be around and those guys that just are beloved, you know, if they're borderline, they're in. Yeah. And I don't, I don't even think he's borderline. I think he was just, he was the best at his position for an extended period of time. Now look at Terrell Davis. He didn't have a long career and he only had really three really great seasons yeah. and he got in. I, I feel yeah. that he'll get in. No, no Super Bowl for, Luke, unfortunately, we weren't able to get him that, um, but he did go to a Super Bowl and made the playoffs several times. Had a you know seventeen and two season, so uh, yeah, I mean, Hall of Famer for sure. I don't you know first ballot. I would say probably. I think he's just that. I think he's just that good. Yeah, he really was. Uh, the only the only comparison is going to be Patrick Willis. Yeah. I mean. Because he only played for seven years, got seven Pro Bowls and seven All-Pros and Defensive Rookie of the Year. He never got the Defensive Player of the Year, didn't win a championship. So it'll be interesting if Patrick Willis goes in, too. Yeah, they're very similar in terms of their overall numbers. Mm -hmm. Um, Like you said, I mean, Patrick Willis played one less season than Luke. So, I I mean, I think Patrick Willis should be in as well. I I don't see why he wouldn't be. Um, I mean, Pro Football Reference has sort of a, a Hall of Fame metric that they use. And of linebackers, I mean, he's sitting 10th all time in terms of his Hall of Fame monitor score is what they call it. And, I mean, most of the people ahead of him are already in the Hall of Fame. Patrick Willis is right ahead of him. Uh, of course, not in the Hall of Fame yet. I don't think eligible. And then Zach Thomas is the only other player that's ahead of him that's not in the hall of fame yeah so so that's that's an old that's an old school guy so moving away from hall of fame talk i kind of want to make this personal steven what is one of your most fond memories of luke oh that's easy the uh well i have two i think one is the interception against the patriots where it may or may not have been Defensive pass interference. interference. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what class you're talking about. Yep. Uh, that one was amazing. And then the Thanksgiving game. Just the th- how, how amazing he was that entire game. That pick six really 
mm-hmm. burst in my mind. That's exactly what I was thinking of. But he really took over games. And that's what was so great about him on that field is any time defensively a middle linebacker could take over the game. He would, I mean, he didn't have any sacks, but still, he would have a sack. He would have a pass deflection. He would make a hard hit and just pump up that whole defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you, you would always hear uh, offensive players you know, on the opposing teams talk about how tough it was to play against him because he was audibling the defense. Mm-hmm. Then the offense would audible. He'd audible again. And it was a chess match always between Luke Keekley and whoever the quarterback was. And Luke would win. You know a lot of those chess matches. Oh yeah. So and that's and and I think that's one of the reasons why he he might be retiring is because we didn't see that as much this past season. No, it, we actually mentioned this towards the end of the season mm-hmm. that Luke did not Luke, even though he was still great, was didn't seem like Luke before. Yeah. He wasn't at the peak of his powers. Yeah, and it seemed we or I thought it was because we were doing more to the three four. He wasn't being mm-hmm. able to roam in space as much, but it may have been just his health was probably wearing him down. I think so. It, it was almost like he was Superman, but he had a pocket full of kryptonite. Mm-hmm. You know, he was just it was weakening his powers just enough to you know he still still made the Pro Bowl, still one of the top you know five linebackers in the league easily, maybe mm-hmm. even higher than that. But not to his standard. Yeah. And we not to the standard we expected of him. Yeah. I mean, he really didn't take over games this year like we've seen in the past. Or at least from my perspective. No, you're right. And we, and we did talk about it on this podcast. Um, so, any anything else to talk about with Luke himself before we sort of talk about what this means for the Panthers? I just hope he enjoys his retirement and fly fishing. And if he does come back to coach, hopefully he'll be here with the Panthers instead of the Redskins. All right. And that is something that he he sort of indicated in his speech was that he still wanted to be involved in some way. Right. So I don't know mm-hmm. if that means involved with the Panthers, involved in football, just involved in some capacity. I'm not sure. I think it's too early probably for him to even know. Yeah. But if Tepper's smart then he you know, gives, gives Luke a little bit of time to think about things and then immediately offers him a job yeah. doing something on this coaching staff. Well, supposedly they had a meeting yesterday before that, before the release. So hopefully Tepper was like, look, you have a job here. Just let me know whenever you're ready. Yeah, he's got a great football mind. Mm-hmm. It would be, you know, even if he can't physically do it anymore, Mentally, it's still there. He's still going to be able to study the film. He's still going to be able to impart his knowledge onto Shaq Thompson and Brian Burns and whoever else we end up drafting. You know, I, I think linebacker now becomes maybe second only to quarterback in terms of what we yeah. need on this team. Yeah, an offensive line. But um, do you think the retirement, the sudden retirement of Luke Keekley? signifies that the Panthers are just going full rebuild now. I think it would be hard not to go full rebuild at this time. Uh, the question marks around Cam. Uh, now mm-hmm. you're going to, your leader of the defense is gone. So w- a defense that was already in flux with, you know, Gerald McCoy gone, uh, Don Terry Poe probably going to be gone. Greg Olson gone. Uh, James Bradbury, we have to make a decision on him, mm-hmm. you know, Trey Boston, decision. 
You know, yeah. The only stalwart right now on our team is Christian McCaffrey. So who just completed I, his third season? <laughs> yeah. It feels like he's been here forever, but you know he's he's barely a veteran if you even want to call him that. Yeah, I, I agree for the for the most part that him leaving I think almost ensures that uh, McCoy leaves. Mm-hmm. I don't know about Don Terry Poe. I feel like he'll probably be back. Um, but Cam, they can release. Oh, sorry, they can release him and get ten million free from the cap. I could see the, them doing I that. I could see. Okay, I, I didn't realize that. If that's the case, then he's probably gone. Yeah. And he should be gone, honestly. <laughs> um, but I, I feel like with Luke leaving, Cam is probably going to be more um, more open to being traded mm-hmm. because the writing's on the wall, right? You, you lose somebody of that magnitude on one side of the ball. And by the way, the defense was already pretty rough last year. Mm-hmm. And now you're taking the best player in franchise history at that position. You're taking him away. Then things are not going to get better overnight on that defense. So I feel like Cam, this makes it more likely that he's gone. Greg Olson, if Cam's gone, he's gone. And I feel like Greg Olson may be gone anyway. Yeah, I, um, and I think he should be gone as well. Yeah. Not it seemed like he wasn't having fun out there anymore. Right. And, and he has a bright future in broadcasting. So I right. I would suggest for him to go. Yeah, I think the only way he would come back would be if Cam came back and there was, you know, he thought that there was a legitimate chance that the team could compete for a Super Bowl. Oh, With yeah. Luke leaving, I think that very much diminishes, mm-hmm. you know, any possibility of that. So the only thing that gives me pause to think that maybe they're not going to go complete rebuild is the fact that Luke just wasn't really Luke last year. Mm-hmm. And what if they end up drafting a linebacker who can at least be as good as Luke was last year, right? And then if Luke is part of the team somehow and is able to do that film study and prepare these guys uh, like you know, like he prepared himself for the games, then maybe we don't drop that much. We go back to the 4-3, we go back to doing things the way that we know we can then you know maybe the defense isn't worse at least maybe they're slightly better cam comes back you know then maybe it's not a complete rebuild right mm-hmm. but it definitely feels like things uh, are falling apart well i don't the problem with the full rebuild is i think we have some very good pieces in place now but let me ask you this mm-hmm. before you even start, go into that other than christian mccaffrey Mm-hmm. And say we don't re-sign Bradbury. Then what are the pieces? I think Taylor Moten's a good right tackle. I think DJ Moore has come on. I am not completely done with Samuel. I know you probably are. I mm. think he's a good. I I don't think he's a number two. I think he is. A, he's a, he if he's in the Ted Ginn role yeah. where he's just a burner downfield, he could be, you know, very yeah. productive. And I think Brian Burns. You know, I think yeah. he has real great potential. Uh, Jackson, Action Jackson, I know he struggled this mm-hmm. year. And if maybe, uh, this is a big question mark. Again, yeah. Rule could maybe get in his head and get him playing right. Then maybe, you know, again, I said rebuild. It's not going to be a complete rebuild that there are some good pieces out here. Well, I think there's a difference between a, a rebuild and a reload or a... Mm-hmm. 
a build even, right? Mm-hmm. You know, keep the foundation intact, then the rebuild becomes a year, mm-hmm. right? Instead of three or four years. I, I think this is probably going to be at least be two years. Yeah, that's kind of what I think too. Um, I do actually think that they'll end up trading Cam now. I do too. And I think that they, whatever they get back from him, they may try to move up in the draft and get it, you know, either. I don't know if they can move all the way up to get Burrow, but they might be able to move up to get Tua, uh, depending on how and Tua's going to throw for teams. So depending on how that looks, I'm assuming that he's going to be fine. Yeah. Um, uh, we may not, we may trade him and not go get a star quarterback, but maybe get a veteran for a two, three year deal. Because uh, so next year, yeah. there's some quality quarterbacks coming out. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. I, that's, that's true, but those are all going to be, you know, top 10 picks. Mm-hmm. So I'm, well, I guess do, I'm hoping that they can well, do something Well, do you think if we get not, some journeyman quarterback saying, or Kyle yeah, Allen starting? <laughs> I don't want to suffer. I don't want to suffer through another season I, like it, we just had. Be prepared because Tepper, right. Tepper brought this up. Some of these fans are going to have a problem with a rebuild that takes four or five years, but I want sustained success for 20 after that. Yeah. So that's the way he's thinking. And you, Steven, I'm sorry to say, you might need to wrap your brain around it. We're going to have some unfun podcasts next year. You're probably right. And the, you know, the more I think about that, it probably doesn't make sense to draft a quarterback this year. Mm Mm-mm. Unless let, one falls yeah, to us. Right, right. So uh, I have heard, and and we'll go to the Meow Mix mailbag real quick. Mm-hmm. I did get a uh, communication this morning from a listener who asked if, if this is going to be a total rebuild. And this is from Ryan. If this is going to be a total rebuild, should we trade Christian McCaffrey? And I say, no. I say absolutely not. What are you crazy? Christian McCaffrey's twenty three <laughs> years old. Just had one of the greatest running back seasons of all time. It, <laughs> yeah, I it, mean, if this rebuild does take forty years, he'll still be twenty seven when it's he'll done. Only be twenty seven. He's not even in his prime yet. Mm-hmm. He's twenty three. He wouldn't even be in his prime until next year or the year after. Now, if I he mean, was twenty seven now, then I could say, okay, yeah, I see the you think argument. About it. Yeah, you think about it, but he's going to be still putting up, you know, very good numbers by the time we're out of this rebuild, or we should be at least. And then you've got one of the best running backs in the league on your team. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you keep him? And it makes wh- zero sense to me to trade him. And what happens if we do go rookie quarterback or a young quarterback? What's their best safety valve? Right, Christian McCaffrey. Right, they're going to load the box, and then if he squeaks out to get past it, Kyle Allen utilized him a lot because you know he was a safety valve he had a thousand yards receiving last year. yeah and this is something else you know christian mccaffrey is not a typical running back he has the skills of a great running back and the skills of a great receiver mm-hmm. so you know as his career moves forward you could easily see them moving him to the slot more you know drafting another running back to take the heavy burden and then using McCaffrey as you know a receiver most of the time, maybe a third down back, but being a receiver out there a lot more, and just kind of transitioning his career towards more of the less punishing receiver style. I mean, this guy could play until he's 34, 35 years old. Yeah. 
He could have an Edelman type second career. Honestly. No, you're absolutely right. And if they want to go that route, I, I agree with trying to draft another running back to spell him sometimes to get, maybe not even spell him, but to put him out in the slot to mm-hmm. maybe, you know, give him sometimes maybe not going against defensive tackles and ends all the time. Yeah. I saw someone say that what if we could trade Christian McCaffrey to Cincinnati for that number one pick? No. No. No, because then what do you have? You have Joe Burrow and nothing else. Yeah. You know, I mean, you have your your receivers, but you're going to also have to package some picks with that. They're not just going to do a straight-up pick. It's There's there's no scenario that I would trade Christian McCaffrey. Joe Burrow looked awesome this year. Can I say that? Joe Burrow looked like the best quarterback I've seen in a long time in college. Yeah. But the year maybe, before maybe that— Maybe ever in college, honestly. But the year for, before for that, that, he looked season. pedestrian. So <laughs> right. what's to say he's not going to be a bust? I don't think he is. I think he's got the tools. But you don't know. And— you don't know if it was Joe Brady who became a Panthers offensive coordinator or if it was just him taking a step. It's a mixture. Yeah. Um, and let's go ahead and move on to that because yesterday was a very up and down emotional day for the Panthers fans because, mm-hmm. you know, about six. So we decided that we were going to push the podcast to record today instead of yesterday because there just was no news. But, yeah. And there then was literally nothing. an hour later, we hire. <laughs> Joe Burrow, LSU's passing coordinator. Joe Brady. As Joe Brady. Sorry. God. <laughs> Joe Burrow on the brain. Uh, we passed Joe, Joe Brady. We signed him as our offensive coordinator. And I'm thinking, ah, well, I guess, you know, that's something to talk about tomorrow. And then, you know, two hours later, Luke Keekley retires and the bomb drops and my stomach, you know, just falls right out of my stomach. But, uh, yeah, Joe Brady, you know, Suddenly, very highly sought after, mm-hmm. you know, over the last month or so, as and his name's been out there. Um, young guy, he's 30 years old, but I love it. Uh, I do too. I, if you watch that national title game, you could tell he was scheming guys open, and it was awesome. And that's what I don't think we've had here, probably ever, passing wise. Mm-hmm. Um, before he took over Joe Burrow, who we've been talking a lot about and how we both really like him, only threw 16 touchdowns last year for LSU. He threw 60 this year. 6-0. Now, and six interceptions. Now, have you heard how he came to be the LSU co-offensive coordinator there? Well, he came from the Saints, right? Mm-hmm. So supposedly the Saints, you know how college and head and NFL guys sometimes get together to mm-hmm. talk back and forth. Well, he was the RPO specialist at the saints and he was giving a, I guess a class or kind of just going over the X's and O's of the RPOs and Ed Orgeron, LSU's coach loved him, went mm. up to him and was like, I want you on my t- staff. So he basically went and stole him from after that conference yeah. and for, and had him, co-offensive coordinator right his he's coordinator. his official title i guess was passing coordinator but he was the co-offensive coordinator and apparently he was coming up with most of the schemes and then mm-hmm. the the other offensive coordinator i don't have his name in front of me but apparently he was the one kind of relaying everything down um to joe burrow and the rest of the offense so you know he was kind of the mastermind i think behind lsu's normally pedestrian 
boring to watch offense that just mm-hmm. exploded this year. And a lot of people are just attributing that straight to Joe Brady. Yeah. And he, again, he's an RPO specialist. So I assume mm-hmm. that's what we're going to be running here in the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. I guess it depends on who the quarterback becomes. Um, you know, if it's Cam, then perfect. So I guess he was what the Taysom Hill whisperer with the Saints. I, I guess so. I don't know. I mean, that's that's their RPO guy. Yeah, but Sean Payton supposedly glowed about him as well. Yeah. It feels like we sort of got... It feels like with our head coach and our offensive coordinator, we got the guys that everybody wanted in yeah. terms of college guys. Yeah, college guys. Uh, yeah. Again, I wanted the enemy, but I'm happy with right. Rule, and he was right. my second choice. <sighs> The only problem is he hasn't been called. He's never called plays before, so. Yeah, I'm looking at his coaching career here. Uh, William and Mary, he was the linebackers coach from 2013 to 2014. Then he went to Penn State as a graduate assistant from 2015 to 16. Then New Orleans, uh, the Saints from 2017 to 2018 as an offensive assistant. Then 2019 to 2020, LSU passing coordinator. And now he's an offensive coordinator of an NFL team. So just a kind of a meteoric rise for him. It either means that he is just a generational talent and is going to be a head coach within the next two years or uh, too much too soon and he's going to be a major bust. <laughs> I mean, those are really his only two options, I think, uh, based on that that coaching tree. I agree. I think if he comes here and he does well, I think – He's going to get Sean McVay out where some team is going to say, hey, they had a pretty good offense. He's young and vibrant. We're going to sign him. So hopefully he gets a nice staff together and that happens because then that means we're doing well. Right. And, you know, he's younger than a lot of the players on the offense. So and really on the team in general. So it's going to be interesting to see how this offense comes together with this guy with Matt rule, um, another offensive guy, of course. So uh, defensive coordinator hasn't been hired yet. You know, obviously all the rumors out there are Phil snow from at Baylor is going to be the guy, mm-hmm. but I've seen some, you know, some thinking that there's some other guys in the mix, uh, maybe not for the coordinator position, but for some high level assistant positions. So, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that when that happens, but uh yeah, I mean, I give this, I give this higher an A, for potential. Yeah, I I like it. It kind of goes with what, what we're trying to move forward towards, and not what we've been doing. That's I like the way it I better, see it. I like it better than the uh, the Detroit Lions guy that was initially rumored to be uh, the offensive coordinator. hundred percent. I like this direction a lot better. And like I said, I really like the schemes that were getting wide receivers open, and I'm really excited to see DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel to be able to catch the ball 10, 15 yeah. yards downfield in space and then see what they can do. Yeah, we just need the quarterback. I mean, honestly, I don't think Kyle Allen's it. Oh, no. We, we need either Cam to be healthy and come back and play on that one-year deal or we're going to have to draft somebody. Or I, I mean, I guess you go out and sign. I don't even know who the – I mean, there's going to be a lot of potential quarterbacks out there, veteran quarterbacks this year, probably more than ever, that are viable starters in the league. Yeah. I mean, there's so, quite a few possibilities that are big names. Phillip Rivers, they, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Tannehill. Yeah. Teddy Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Taysom Hill. 
might be yeah. an option. You know, uh, did, you, oh. did you mention Tannehill? I did mention Tannehill, okay. but Taysom Hill with Joe Brady with that. that it would be another knowing... risk because, I mean, Taysom Hill's 30 years old. Is he 30 years old? I think he's 30. He's either 29 or 30 years old. Uh, so, you know, that would be a risk for sure. A guy that old that's never started before. Yeah, he's but, 29. Wow, I did not yeah. realize he was that old. Yeah, so, you know, I think by the time the season starts, he'll be 30. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, this, and that's it's, it's an exciting thing, and it's a scary thing, right? Because mm-hmm. we don't know what this next year for the Panthers is going to be. We have no idea. We assume it's going to be a down year. But, I mean, they could catch lightning in a bottle. Like you said, there are pieces. Yeah. Offensively, we have a very dynamic team. I mean, honestly, offensively, if they shore up that O line, I would feel confident with Cam coming back and Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore. Like, yeah, feels I, like there's gonna be a lot of shootouts next year. Yeah, I, defensively, yeah, we got some question yeah. marks, but at least, I mean, as long as the team's fun to watch, you know, even if they lose some games here and there, close games, uh, as long as they're fun to watch and we can sort of see things trending in the positive direction. Mm-hmm. Then I'll be okay with you know another down year. Yeah, I just I, want I just want to be entertained. You know, <laughs> I want to be entertained and I want to have hope. Yeah, I think that's a big thing for me is I want to see a blueprint for coming out of mediocrity and even losing. I'm okay with the losing if I see the blueprint for coming out. Yep. All right. Uh, I think that's it for that uh, for the Keekly Brady talk. Uh, you want to take a quick break and then come back and do a quick preview of the championship games? Positively. All right. Hi, my name is Josh, and I am the host of Together, a Brighton and Hove Albion podcast. Dedicated to all things Albion, I cover our top five stories of the week every week out on Mondays. Uh, come and check us out if you want to learn more about the uh, seagulls on the south coast of Sussex uh, in England and anything Premier League. I would love to have you. We would love to have you. Uh, this is a podcast by a fan for the fans. Um, and the more, the merrier. So come on down to Together, a Brighton and Hove Albion podcast. And we're back. So let's talk about the NFL championship, conference championship games. We will start with the AFC. Last week, the uh, Chiefs had sort of a come-from-behind a come victory against the Texans. Ended up being just a barn burner, 51-31. to 31. <laughs> Uh, Texans up 24 nothing at one point, and the Chiefs just rolled. I think they went 41 points in a row at one point, outscored them 51-7 to the rest of the way. Just just dominance. Uh, and then a shocker on the other side, the Titans beat the Ravens 28-12 to and were in control of it the entire time. And there was at no point in this game did I think that the Ravens were the better team. No. It was wild. Yeah. Uh, and congratulations to you for winning our beer bet of the week. Yeah, I thought it would be close. That, that's all I thought. I thought yeah. the Ravens would still win it. but they... What, the Ravens were, what, nine-point favorites? Yeah. Something yeah. Like... So we, and we I, thought they'd the win, I thought they'd win by 20. Yeah, I thought. <laughs> so I took the spread, and I was like, yeah, I think the Titans will hang in there. They got a good run game and a defense. Yeah. Well, geez, they look really yeah. good. Derrick Henry is just, he, he's, he's being inhabited by something. It's a some monster. sort of monster, alien, <laughs> uh, you know, the spirit of a thousand running backs. I don't know what's going on there, but he has just become an incredible player. 
the last month or so. Well, Mike Vrabel finally decided to run him. It seems the past few years they never were sure to actually run him. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. Uh, so with those victories, the Titans will match up against the Kansas City Chiefs at 3.05 p.m. Eastern Time, Sunday. Um, this is going to be an exciting game, I think. Mm-hmm. The Titans, I'm all in on the Titans now. I mean, I, I have been down on the Titans, you know, famously within our little friends group. <laughs> I mean, so down on the Titans that it's not even funny. I, you know, making up new cuss words to talk about the Titans. I've been so down on them. Well, I originally picked the Chiefs to come out of the AFC, so I'm sticking with the Chiefs on this one. I, I think I'm going to go with the Titans. You want to make it the beer bet of the week? I do. Okay. The White Claw Beer Bed of the Week. We are not drinking White Claw. <laughs> Presented by Zima. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I as, think this as is going to be a super exciting game. As long as I get lightsabers to put in the Zima. Okay. Like, like <laughs> back right. in like 2001, the college people back would when do. you were 15. Yeah. Well, oh, I wasn't, man. but yeah, we'll, we'll say I was 15. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, so I think this is going to be an exciting game. I think the Titans will pull it out. Uh, I think they're just on a roll right now. Derrick Henry cannot be stopped. So the only way the Chiefs win this game, I think, is if they hold Derrick Henry to under, you know, 180 yards. Yep. And let's move on to the (laughs) NFC. The San Francisco 49ers defeated the Minnesota Vikings 27-10. This game wasn't close. No. This was the worst game of the the day. Yeah. It it, it just wasn't shocking. The 49ers just... A step above of everybody else. Yeah. Now, the last game, this was what the one where I picked the Seahawks and I was let down. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Green Bay Packers defeated the Seattle Seahawks 28-23. to I thought Seattle would make a comeback, and they didn't. They fell short. Yeah, I think this was probably the best game of the day, uh, considering the others were sort of blowouts. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I did pick the Packers in that one, and... I just never thought the Seahawks just they didn't feel like a Super Bowl team to me. No, uh, me neither. But the whole I season. thought they could beat the Packers some reason. I just you know. yeah, you've been real down on the Packers. Mm-hmm. The Packers have just quietly you know won 14, 15 games now. I can tell you why I've been down on the Packers. It's because I had Aaron Rodgers on my fantasy team and he <laughs> sucked in fantasy this year. I'm not even gonna lie. So you're personally offended. I am. I'm personally offended at Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Jones, I wish I would have drafted him. He was well, the best Packers fantasy player. You know, I had Russell Wilson on my fantasy team who started out gangbusters and then just fell apart at the end of the season and mm. cost me the championship. So uh, yeah, both of us just screwed by quarterbacks, <laughs> apparently. So, um, we have the Green Bay Packers, the number two seed, going to San Francisco to face the 49ers Sunday at 640. Now, 640. Classic, classic time. 640. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 305 and 640. It always confuses me during these type of, these weeks. Right. Uh, so, we've both got the 49ers here, right? Yeah. Obviously, I think you're disdained for the Packers. <laughs> well, and we, originally... I think we both have had the 49ers the whole way. Yeah, we both had the 49ers since the playoffs started. I had the Kansas City Chiefs since the playoffs started. But I am only picking at 50% so every week. So one of these games, I'm going to get wrong. 
probably either that or this is the week that you know you're due yeah we're both due because yeah. i'm i think i'm one game behind you <laughs> so uh yeah i mean we've got both got the 49ers uh this, i i sort of feel like this might be a repeat of last week with the 49ers vikings i think that the, the 49ers defense is just too good mm-hmm. and the packers don't have they just don't have the weapons like they've had you know in years past no I mean, so you still I have think, Aaron Rodgers who can do Aaron Rodgers things, sure, which he Aaron did Rodgers against Seattle. Yeah, but I think great. the 49ers defense will be able to shut down Aaron Jones. The Yeah, the 49ers defense is a step above the Seahawks defense. Mm-hmm. And the Seahawks almost won that game. So uh, I think the 49ers will win. I think the 49ers offense is better than the Seahawks offense. So, I mean, the Seahawks doesn't have a running back. They have Marshawn Lynch is old, decrepit, but out there trying to – run 13 times for 12 yards or whatever it was. I mean, he, he looked terrible. So the 49ers have three very good running backs. I think they're just going to be able to cycle those guys in and out, and they're going to run up. You know, I think 27-10 feels like a another 27-10 victory for the 49ers for me. Hmm. Uh, Yeah, I, I wasn't realizing we we're picking game uh, i just i'm just vamping man okay you know, i was gonna say i have the 49ers winning this pretty hands handily yeah. but so i have chiefs 49ers super bowl you have titans 49ers super bowl i guess yeah surprise <laughs> i mean <laughs> nobody's more surprised than i am <laughs> and we will be back next week probably middle of the week or so yep. i think we'll be back next week right uh yeah we should be back next week yeah we'll, we'll sort of recap these games if anything else happens with the panthers we'll talk about it I, uh, we probably will not preview the pro bowl oh come on you know we do <laughs> oh by the way trey turner is now in the pro bowl this year oh that's right yeah, yeah we forgot congratulations trey got uh moved in there as an alternate another piece luke keekley will not be playing in the pro bowl this year yeah that's I expect that. Hopefully, yeah. he. <laughs> yeah. I don't want him to go out there and play the Pro Bowl after retiring because of health injuries. The news that actually came out uh, a few days ago that he was not going to play. So uh, maybe that should have been our first clue. Mm. But anyway, yeah. So we'll be back, uh, you know, Wednesday or Thursday of next week. Yep. We want, as always, we want to thank everybody for listening. You're the best. Uh, you can follow us. You're the best. Uh, on Twitter at Meow Mix Podcast. You can email any questions like Ryan did to meowmixmailbag at gmail.com. Um, we also started a YouTube channel, but it's just our podcast. In yeah, if you prefer form. to listen on YouTube, then check it out there. Tell your friends. Yeah. Tell your family. Let your cat download it. We don't care. <laughs> we just need the numbers. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. Shoot us an email if you guys have anything you want to hear about. You know, in the off season, uh, any kind of fun topics we want to talk about. I mean, you know, it's the off season. We can go a little crazy and do some different things. So we're open to suggestions. Yeah, we do plan on having a field goal kicking contest between Stephen and I. We're going to go down to a field and record it, and we will bring you our results when that happens. Yeah, that will probably be a an actual video on YouTube. Yeah. So, enjoy that. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, everyone, uh, we'll be back next week. And until then, Luke. Keep pounding.